I also have orange juice and I'm very pleased. Orange juice. Neat. Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we talk about things we think are neat. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters, Helen. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. So uh, you probably won't notice, but we've had a bit of a break. <laughs> we haven't talked in ages. We don't know. We haven't talked in ages. It's been two whole weeks. weeks. Yeah, well, it's been three weeks since our last recording. Yeah, it's been a and while. That's because, <laughs> that's because I um I committed to a community theatre production and mm. it took all of my energy. Yeah. So yeah. I was doing that for the last couple of weeks. The show went up and I was like, I can only do the show. I can't do anything else. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about it now because you guys came to see it and therefore you are obligated to tell me how amazing I am and how amazing <laughs> the show was. <laughs> That's how this works. That's why you get people to come see you. Like, you come and then tell me how amazing I am. Um, so I was in a production of Sweet Charity, which is a musical with music by Cy Coleman, lyrics by Dorothy Fields and a book by Neil Simon. Mm. And it was... Uh, originally directed and choreographed for Broadway by Bob Fosse, um, who is... I love Bob Fosse. I love his work. I want to clarify. (laughs) He does good dancing work stuff, very um, particular style. Um, So it was his first, his his directorial debut. It premiered on Broadway in 1966. It was nominated for nine Tony Awards, um, but it only won one, the one for Best Choreography, because obviously Fosse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, uh, we'll talk about about the show itself in a little while. I wanted to just start um, talking a little bit more about community theatre and the the Um, Mm theatre and how that kind of works um, and what we have available to us in our community. So um, this production was with the Rolly Stone Theatre Company. Um, Rolly Stone's a suburb in the hills up near where Katie lives and very close. It's like around the corner from the Araluan Botanic Gardens where we went for tulip yeah. stepping. We would have gone past the theatre yeah. on the way. Yeah. I did not I did not even recognise because there's a big sign up and everything. Like I just mm. we just drove past that and I was like la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> Um so the reason why I did not recognise that the theatre was there, even though we've been rehearsing since June, mm. is because uh the theatre's falling apart. Mm-hmm. So it is yeah. condemned. So the Rolly Stone Theatre itself, it was um, built in the 1920s. It's like one of the oldest theatres in Perth. Um, and it was, it's been the Rolly Stone Theatre since 1933, right up until 2022 when they like had to move out. <laughs> like, mm. it's condemned. Well, <laughs> oh no, 1933 to 2022 because... And the copy paste I did came from their website and they obviously haven't updated it since 2022, but they closed in 2018. Um, so had to. it's taken a long time to refurbish it, um, partly because COVID interrupted everything in you know, the whole world. Um, yeah, anyway, it's closed. But there was a big, um, there was a big uh, campaign by the theatre company to, like, get funding to rebuild the theatre and continue the um, company going. And they do run like five-ish productions a year and they would run in this theatre. Um, and then so they did end up, they, they had this like petition and like write to your local MP and use words like these are the points that you should use but write your own words. And they succeeded. So they ended up with um, $4 million in funding to rebuild. Mm, wow. Um and the there was a temporary home. So I think it was kind of a little bit of like an emergency, like, oh, shit, we need to move out of this building. Uh, what's going to happen now? And they had like meetings and, and there was like a big, it seems like there was a big scramble to be mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do about this? Um, and, and they ended up with a temporary home at a, a community hall. I can't remember which one. It's on the website. 
And then, but at some point between then and now, they got kicked out of that temporary home. Like it might have been over COVID or something, like, or they only had the lease for a year or something. But when, so when I came in to be involved with Sweet Charity, we rehearsed at the um, Harold King Community Centre in Camillo, which is another city of Armadale Hall community centre and that houses it's the temporary home of Rolly Stone Theatre there's like a banner out the front and there's like a whole room that has all the like costumes and props and shit stored Um, and that all the things that go Mm. with a community theatre they probably have thrown out a lot of stuff I bet they would have had to because I found a I found a posting in early 2022 being like look we like the we haven't been able to fix the theatre yet and we have to move from our the Rolly Stone Hall. Oh, yeah. Um, so they they would have gone from the theatre to Rolly Stone Hall, and then from because there. that's that is a community area, a centre place. Like there would have been things going on there, so they had yeah. to move out of there, and now they're in the Armadale Hall. Um, uh, yeah, in the Harold and- King, which um which is still used by other members of the community, other community groups as well. Yeah. You just like kind of have to share. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's been tricky. Like I know that like they thought it would be finished and then they predicted it would like it didn't happen and then so they have to wait another year and then like the last things on their website say 2022 opening to, like late 2022, which was last year. So when I started looking up the theater when I started looking at auditioning and stuff, I was like, why does it say opening 2022? Well, why aren't why aren't we rehearsing and why aren't we putting it on at the Rolly Stone Theatre? Maybe it mustn't be open yet. Um, and then they said 2023 and now it's early 2024. Um, people have, The people I've spoken to that know stuff are like, yeah, they've been out there and it looks like stuff is actually happening. I think there was like a big time when nothing happened. Um, feel like there's a problem with the builders or something. Yeah, um, we know we've we've been having problems like supply issues and building companies mm. going bust here in Perth. Mm. So I imagine or like that doing all of- the first stage of the job and then just not doing the next stage yeah. for mm. a year or more. Yeah. Um, just there's because a house on just... the street that was a skeleton for a long time, but now yeah. it's got walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's, been a, it's been an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's a, it's a supply and yeah, also it's a like supply and demand com- issue as well. Because like, mm. we're, what is happening now is we've got approximately three years of building projects that have been condensed down and agreed to. People have signed contracts to start, and so they're all getting started, but none of them are getting finished. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's this tangled web at the moment. These mm. issues. So hopefully, it will be finished soon. But so we so we rehearsed at the Harold King Community Centre, which was the first time I've been in a production, like a big proper musical theatre production, where we don't rehearse in the venue. Um, so that that's got its own challenges in itself, I guess. Um, hmm. And that's normally like that's how they do it on Broadway. They like have rehearsal spaces, and then they're like, okay, we're bumping in. <laughs> like you have to bump <laughs> yeah, in. You have to make best use of your time. I so was we really, had like, that. Sitting here thinking about, it, I'm like. I'm pretty sure we just mark up floors in like yeah. a rehearsal room somewhere yeah. and then you do that. And then I'm like, oh, hang on, no. In the little community theatres, they just use the theatre to rehearse yeah, you just, <laughs> And then we always had bump in, but it was yeah. just like, but throughout the rehearsal, oh, and it was usually because there was, especially with the musicals that we did, there would be a play going while we'd started rehearsing the musical, which meant that mm. we'd rehearse mostly in the foyer because the play would have it set up on the stage. And then as soon as they bumped out, we would bump in but it would kind of be a gradual thing (laughs) so it would just be like clear all their stuff set up kind of our flats and then as we go along more and more things start to appear rather than everything all at once whereas this time we had a proper bump in and it was one of those heckin stressful bump ins where you have to (laughs) everything needed to be transported because we'd like built everything had been built at Harold King and um and then had to get transported over and then like assembled and then all the – oh, we were – I forgot to say that we uh, performed at the Armadale District Hall, which is – it's got its own little stage. Um, it's yeah. an old, old it's building. A- adorable. It's an old building that they've 
built um, around maintained and then like built around and mm. like there's quite a lot of like historical buildings in that little area yes um and they're all like really well utilized i feel like mm. they're not it's- just like dusty and in the corner there's like newer extensions that is where like the day-to-day admin happens and then there's like here's us highlighting these old Mm. buildings how great they are and still using them so we have the original hall Mm. um with these beautiful wooden floors and the stage and the like walls and the windows and the ceiling that's all like kind of fancy but Mm. and um there is like an upper there's like a mezzanine thing and there's mm-hmm. like I think original seats up there. They're like old and really shit, but no one goes up there. That's where mm-hmm. we had our like bio box. That's where the stage manager sat, which mm-hmm. was um, different to what I'm used to. Not having the stage manager like right there. Um, and they've also they've built like a seating bank that that rolls back. So you like pull it out, and then you've got the tiered seating. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, they basically built all the way around it. So there's another whole wing of the building that's got, like, meeting rooms and things. Mm. And there's an industrial-sized kitchen, like a real well-fitted-out kitchen, um, which we did all our quick changes in. (laughs) We're like, like, we need to board up these windows (laughs) so that no one can see. Um, And I think that original foyer was there, but then there's, like, another layer. And then what they've done, they've actually um, installed a wheelchair lift um, yes. side stage um and so so everything is really accessible like it's all mm. yeah and so the like, night i think the dressing we rooms there. are new as well yeah so the night so the night that we were there um with mum and dad and helen yep. was there was also a church event happening in one of the other oh, function yes. rooms ah. <laughs> they and were using the kitchen as well yeah <laughs> we're like naked and getting changed in there like what's going on <laughs> yeah the other was an event on which is interesting but like because it's it's built it's quite smart how it's built because there's the original theater with the foyer to the theater, um, mm. and around the outside of the original theater and foyer building, there's an- another layer of foyer which they've used glass walls, so like you're not yeah. losing any lights coming in. So you can mm. enter the building and not go into the theater proper or like enter any of that part of it. So you're not interrupting them by making Mm. noises there it's only when all of the hallway doors are open at the same time that you would get anything coming through and I went around the side um when I was leaving because I wanted to go instead of walking through the car park I wanted to go through the garden yeah and they have a big sign being like it's like this way it's like a really old-fashioned movie theater like hand over your tickets entrance yes yeah and the the little like yeah little booth thing there yeah Yeah. so there was stairs which is what I went down, but then I realized as I was walking around the corner, I'm like, they have this really lovely garden path, which is a ramp. But mm. like, if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't know it was there. But if you need a, a user ramp to get in and out of the building, you get to go through this lovely garden path. Yeah, <laughs> so I thought it's lovely instead of one of those like really austere industrial grey slab ramp grossness or those locked. Um, elevator things where like you literally ha- you have to get there and then you have to call reception to come and yeah. unlock the elevator so you can access the building which I find really frustrating yeah it's tedious yeah, yeah. Um, but like you can't have people mm. just riding <laughs> the elevators yeah. all the time yeah Dan- and we it. um it was there there is a concert band that rehearses there mm. um during the week um and they were so we we encountered them a couple of times because we had a few rehearsals there in the space where before we had our set in, um, like we had our sits probe there, which is the rehearsal we, where you're with the band. So we had we had like a full orchestra band um, play, which was awesome. They were so awesome. Yeah. Would have been so much crappier with backing tracks. Um, so we had our sits probe there where we did that, and then we did like another couple of rehearsals before we had all of our set in. Um, and the first time we did, the director figured out how to um, plug her phone into the sound system so that she could play like our rehearsal music and even just like warm-up music and didn't realize that the system was the entire building so the band was practicing <laughs> and then all of a sudden like the rhythm of life starts playing <laughs> into the, and then like and so we're, we're like rehearsing and then all of a sudden like the music like they rush off and then the music stops and she's like, they're like keep going and we're like okay we're doing this acapella <laughs> like all right and they're just like okay so we can't play any music mm. 
<laughs> it was funny. And then I remember they were there, I think, during um, a couple of our dress rehearsals as well, like our or our run-throughs, because when we were hanging out backstage and the noise from our band and the noise from that band sounded the same volume mm. backstage and and we didn't have there were tv screens but there was no feed from the theater into our dressing rooms or any um sound or anything like any radio um so we were just relying on just trying to keep track of where the show is based on where the band is because we couldn't really hear the dialogue but we could hear the band playing and mm. we'd be like What's the, what are they up to? What are they playing? And I'm like, sounds like Jingle Bells. <laughs> oh, that's the other band. Because <laughs> they were like practicing their Christmas music. Yeah, <laughs> it yes. was so, it was quite disorienting, <laughs> quite confusing. Uh, just, yeah, I think they must have been a r- roughly the same size and the same kind of makeup as our band was. <laughs> mm. I like that your band, there was a saxophone player, would put down a saxophone and pick up like an, a clarinet or something. Yeah, they had like five. Yeah, there was a girl, yeah. she had. A couple of saxophones and a clarinet and a flute and a piccolo. Okay, so okay, I wasn't keeping track, but I just saw it in the, the front row a couple of times. They'd pick up a couple of different ones, mm-hmm. which is a thing that musicians do. It's a, it's yes. a kind of semi-standard thing. So the, the thing. whole woodwind section, as far as I could tell, minimum two instruments each. Yes, and like obviously, like and the- if they had, if they only had one instrument, they were also the conductor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he has his hands. His he hands played the bassoon. Yes, which is very cool. So, uh, funny story. So we're sitting down, and Mum's very pleased because we're at the table at the front, and we're near the action. She's chatting away, and she she points at the cello player and goes, "Oh, look, an oboe." <laughs> what? <laughs> and I go, "Yes, Mum, an oboe over there, over there." <laughs> She knew what it was, but said the wrong instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I just, I just, I thought it was really funny because I was about to like, because Helen had noticed all of the different instruments in front of the the woodwind side, and I was like, yeah, Yeah. they all play more than one instrument, except for like the string section, because obviously it's harder to swap between. Big hard cello in front of her. Yeah, yeah, but um, the first chair, I suppose, like hard to. They swapped Describe. and changed. Every they, night was different. Yeah. There was a different, like some people, some um, players weren't there every night and so they swapped between one and two. So it sounded different yeah. every performance. Yeah, but there was there was always a, so you've got your, there was a sax and then next to the sax would be a tenor sax. Um, mm. But depending on which person it was, um the person who had the tenor sax may also have the piccolo and may also have a alto sax and may also have the bassoon in front of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, the I, I, I know you, you told me the conductor went off and played for a bit and someone else, in, like, conducted, and I never noticed it. I think I got distracted yeah, by the dancing. Yeah, <laughs> it's didn't the very, look at the band at all after It's the, the last song in Act 1 that they swap out. So one of the saxophone players comes... And with his little harness on and starts conducting and um, oh okay that's why I was distracted because that's the one when um the guy I mean, climbs the all over yes yeah, climbing the set. all over yeah <laughs> yeah um so let's take a short break and then we will dive into the the actual show itself. <laughs> And we're back. So Sweet Charity is um, a show, and I know I had this experience, I'm like, hey, friends and family and acquaintances and everyone, um, I am doing a show, it's called Sweet Charity. And everyone goes, what's that? And I go, you know the song, Hey Big Spender. Hey Big Spender. Spender. And everyone goes, yeah. I'm like, it's from that show. And there's also a whole bunch of other songs that you will know when you see the show. And Mm -hmm. then some people came and saw the show and then afterwards they're like, I knew like all of those songs. And I'm like, yes, yes, you did. It's a a golden age musical. 
but it's one of the lesser-known Golden Age musicals. It was felt like something I might have heard, but like I didn't actually couldn't think at all. I was like, I don't know. Mm. Is this was this something that did it limelight? I don't know. The Simpsons have done it. Yes, because Simpsons have done everything. <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 tricky to say what it's about, but it's about um, a girl called Charity Hope Valentine who <laughs> and it's her trials and tribulations through love and she's such a sweet character. Mm, she's she, just very optimistic, I think. Yeah. Yes. Toxic positivity is her. Yes. <laughs> we will be spoiling the musical, so if you don't want to know how it ends, uh go and you can watch the film directed by Bob Fosse starring Shirley MacLaine from the late 60s. Uh, and then mm. come back. It is it, it is like, kind of like other Golden Age musicals where it's like, oh, we have this collection of songs. We have to fit them all in. Yeah, they're really going to make them fit attached. in. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit like the modern jukebox musical where you're like, yeah, okay. Um, so it does open with um, Charity Hope Valentine and she is meeting her boyfriend in the park and she's really excited. And it's really, it's funny. It's a funny musical. It's There's mm. quite a lot of funny stuff that goes on. Um, and sh- so she meets him and he doesn't have any lines because she, like, talks all over him. She's like, I imagine mm. exactly what you're going to say and then, like, talks all over. Like, oh, you're such a charmer. Yeah, such like, a way with oh, words. you how to talk to a woman. <laughs> but, like, he hasn't nothing. said a thing. And, then, and she's um, got – she's taken all her money out of her bank because they're going to – um, like rent a place together or something and she's like I've got my dowry so he pushes her in the lake and runs off with her money and she's <laughs> like no he wouldn't do that it's like it's really sad she gets really mm-hmm. taken advantage of and yeah. she works as a taxi dancer in a tango club called the Fandango Ballroom um, which is a change that the original source material was a s- Italian film Spanish film and other language film mm-hmm. um, which is kind of basically the same but um charity's a prostitute and i think they kind of like cleaned that up a little bit by her being a taxi dancer whereas it's a place where she works where men come in and they pay to dance with her Um, and it's not a nice place to work because they're kind of seedy men and they grope her and stuff and Mm. it is implied um that some of the women there also work as sex workers on the side yeah yeah extracurricular activities Um, and she's got her friends there and they all kind of like dream of a better life. Um, and she meets, at the end of Act 1, she meets Oscar Lind- Lindquist who climbs all over the elevator, <laughs> who he's is got, like a stuffy. Yeah. Um, he's kind of funny. But in this day and age, I guess, from a 2023 perspective on women and relationships and feminism and stuff, there are red flags from the very beginning. Oscar's mm. not – he's a nice guy TM. Yep. And um, I, I think that, like, at the time that the movie was filmed, it was really obvious. Like, she's desperate to have the fairy tale ending and just get married, mm. which is why she's so obsessed with her dowry and finding someone and telling them that they love her and yeah. basically doing all the work for them. Mm. But also – all of the men that she interacts with, except for um, Vittorio. Vitt- Vittorio, yeah. Vidal. Vittorio Vidal. <laughs> because she <laughs> doesn't see star. him as attainable. Every single man that interacts with her is she's projecting out to them what mm. their role is here and then yeah. behaving towards them in that way and they just sort of accept it. Um, Oscar is a, like what did they call him, like a drip or a, or a doofus or something? Um, uh, he's Like he sounds like. Uh, not a good yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. And they they say that in the play and they say it in the movie. Like he doesn't sound like a good guy. He just sounds like a dork and mm-hmm. like not a fun dork, like a like you don't want to hang out with treat, this kind of guy. He does treat her like he enters the relationship and he behaves like, you know, the perfect gentleman where like mm. he takes her out and he kisses her on the hand. Like because he's projecting once. on her. So she's projecting yeah. on him that he's going to be the the gorgeous romantic partner and they're going to live happily forever after he's projecting on her that she's this pure chase princess and he's rescuing her from the um mm. disgusting city and they're going to go live out in the country and have an idyllic life like it's it's kind of the point yeah <laughs> of the movie yeah if there is a point to this movie yeah um, or play 
Um, but yeah, like he's not a good guy and I don't like him. And the guy who yeah. acted him did it really well and I hate him so much, but oh, what yeah. a good actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was a big thing in the cast that we hated Oscar and um, Charity's better off without him. Because in the end, he throws her in the lake and leaves. He like has this absolute meltdown because he can't, he's aware that she's a taxi dancer because she conceals that from him for a long time because she's ashamed of her profession. And eventually she goes to come clean and finds out that he actually already knows. He like he followed her, I wonder. Yeah, but he didn't follow her in a creepy way. He literally like was on the bus and saw her and was like, oh, charity, and so jumped off the bus and then saw her go into the place and went, oh, and had a look, which is, I think, a not creepy way of following someone. Yeah. Rather I think than it's stalking really her. Sweet. Yeah, like he's followed her because he's like, I want to spend time with her. And then like, oh, she's going in there and then goes inside and then like doesn't stay for very long, only an hour or so. Yeah. And like, three <laughs> lines, really good snappy little lines that you would have yeah, missed yeah. if you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Um, Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look at me. Oh, that was, I love that scene. Um, but they, um, yeah, so he, he discovers it and then he's like, no, I'm okay with this, but mm. then realises that actually he's not okay with this. He doesn't want, he's haunted by the idea of her with other men. He has this, mm. like, fixation on her virginity, which is disgusting in itself. Yes. Like, just that, ugh. Yeah, and, um, gross. And ends up leaving her. And basically he's like, I'm doing this for your own good. Um, yeah, he's destroying still being a white knight, even though he's a dickhead. I yeah, really liked how nice Jason acted him. this out because, like, yeah. that during the song, um, I always cry at weddings. So he's not. I love to cry at weddings. How yeah, I love yeah. to cry at weddings. Cry at weddings. That was great. <laughs> that was really boppy. I loved it. Um, yeah, we're all like, but, can we finish the show there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop <laughs> there. That's the end. Yeah. Um, but, like, he turns up and he actually meets the co-workers and then he sees Charity interact with these co-workers who he's obviously classed in his head as disgusting creatures and she's too good for them and she's mm-hmm. only there because she's a princess and she's in chains and blah, blah, blah. And he's sitting there during this song and everyone's happy and dancing and positive and hopeful for Charity and she's she's – sweet and lovely because that's who she is and he's like as the song's progressing he's getting more and more like upset and uncomfortable and angry and I'm like oh I love he's coming he's gonna yell at her and he's Mm. gonna blame her for his own insecurities and it's gonna Mm. be all her fault (laughs) yeah it's really good acting (laughs) yeah yeah it was yeah but also I hate him so much like I hated it (laughs) so this production I played Carmen who's one of the Fandango dancers, and I had some lines to say. I had some yes. good lines. Definitely. Yeah, and some like, good sassy looks. Gave her the baby present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got Charity the going away present. It was like, we got you this present, we're going away. And it's a little baby onesie. And I'm like, yay. And everyone's like, what the hell kind of present is that? I'm like, isn't she pregnant? <laughs> isn't that why she's getting married? <laughs> yeah, like, obviously that's why you're getting married. <laughs> yeah. One of the, like, good moments. Um, the thing about not being in the theatre for 10 years is that I was very rusty in terms mm. of theatre performing. Like, I've done more, um, like, voiceover and film acting more recently. Yeah, more so close-up I acting. Of, <laughs> and I remember, like, when I went to the, the first table read, um, I was, like, I was a little bit intimidated. I was, like, heck, this cast is good. Mm. Like, even because it's not. One of those musicals, I think a lot of the musicals I've done before, the big ones like Singing in the Rain and Pajama Game, uh, you've got your leads mm. and you've got some supporting leads that might have a song or might just have a lot of dialogue as supporting characters. And then you've got your ensemble, which is like 50 people. And every time there's a big song and dance number, the ensemble come on and they do the song and dance and then they leave. And then they leave, Yeah. And that's their role and that's Not a lot like of what I had done in the past. Whereas <laughs> this show, there were only 20 of us in the cast, including mm. all the leads. So we had Charity and Oscar, which are like the main leads, even though Oscar's only in Act 2 basically. Mm. Um, and then we have Charity's friends, Helene and Nikki, um, who they sing, baby, dream your dream. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And they sing, there's got to be something better than this. Um, which are all songs that people probably maybe recognise. Um, and then you have Vittorio Vidal and Ursula. Oh, Ursula, so which is this Italian movie star that 
Charity stumbles across and then gets invited to his apartment. Um, and then oh, no, she, seen... like, wrangles her way into going up to his yeah, apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then um, his, like girlfriend comes back and they have they, they've just had a big fight and so they like he sings a, an operatic love song to her and they have makeup sex and that that I think is that's those scenes were like my the favorite. favorite scenes my like, favorite yeah. scenes they are uh, they were amazing they're just so funny because it um, wouldn't and have made have... quite as much sense without a operatic singer yeah, as Vittorio, it's because just very even, melodramatic, and like even mm. delivering his lines, like Charity's like walking down the street, and mm. um, Ursula screams out of the building, yeah. <laughs> just like super dramatic woman, taxi, I need a taxi, and then Vittorio comes out full opera voice, like my darling, my darling, <laughs> you cannot leave me. Yeah, it's so much drama and it's, like, amazing and it just yeah. made sense in, like, the scene as well. Like, I was thinking about yeah. it later. I was like, if I saw that in the street, I would be like, I'm going to go get some popcorn and come back because this yeah. is great. And Charity does that. She's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. that's Victoria Vidal. And she's, yeah. like, elbowing the bouncer, like, are you watching? Are you watching? Like, she's, like, yeah. interjecting throughout this, like, fight breakup thing. Yeah. Um, so we have those, those leads. And then um, who else? Oh, there's Herman, who's the manager or the owner of the um, Fandango Club, and he mm-hmm. sings Love to Cry at Weddings. And, um, and had the most amazing collection of shirts. Yes. <laughs> and then you have Daddy Brubeck who sings The Rhythm of Life, which is nice. that's one of the Good. ones that's like, how are we going to get this rando song <laughs> into the show? Yeah. And then after that you have all the Fandango girls and we're like we do the dance numbers but we're also there for scenes mm. um, and mm. then the ensemble all have quite a lot to do. So I think there was only six of them but they have scenes, they like I I think all of them ended up with lines. They mm. and they all have like multiple little characters, like little incidental characters to do. So it was a very different kind of setup and like ensemble than what like I've been used to in the past. Which mm. which meant that like when we did our table read, it was like, oh, everyone's really good. Like everyone's here to like act. Then like then there's no like dead weight or people here for the first time who don't know how to sing or dance, and we're just gonna let them float along to learn the trade mm. which is what you often get when you have a big ensemble that only do the dance numbers because it's community theatre you kind of like let everyone join yeah. in because everyone has to start somewhere yeah um, yeah it's and the only way really... to learn that like if you're on the stage you are acting even if you're not doing anything like you've yeah. got to be in some kind of persona mm. yeah um yeah so it took otherwise a little weird. <laughs> I felt really rusty and it took me a little while to, like, get into the swing of things of, like, being on stage. Um, yeah, and so the, the way we built the stage as well was a bit different. So originally oh, yeah. the plan was to have it in the round. So it was going to be entirely cabaret seating around a rostra built out over the floor of the hall and then, like, seating around it. Um I think they went in to, like, begin building the rostra and they, like, went in to take measurements and stuff and went, oh, it's not really going to work. No, so they ended up that. pulling out the seating bank, so sell, selling those seats in the tiered seating, and they had just one row of tables. We were at a table. So we had six tables in the front, um, which were... I think it was a good level of audience participation in that we interacted with you, but you didn't necessarily need to interact with us. Because I think yeah. when people say audience participation and be involved, they're like they get a bit like I don't want to, I don't want to have to get up or yeah. do anything or say anything. We just had the dancers come over to our tables and sit and pretend they were flirting with us. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean pretend? <laughs> <laughs> they were actually. Yeah. Um, and, and so we did still have the roster. So we ended up with the orchestra on the stage. And when we got in there the first, when we did our sits probe with the orchestra the first time, like we had actually blocked a lot of stuff to happen on the stage in front of the orchestra. And we had blocked a lot of stuff with like the curtains closing and opening. Mm. And then when we got it, that was like, that's not going to work. There's not enough room. Um, we ended up doing 
a little bit on the stage. Like I I was in Big Spender on the stage, so uh, yeah, I started on, your, on the stage and finished your, up there. Yeah, um, up on your chair up there. Oh, yeah, with my chair. So we didn't do the ballet bar thing, which the director originally wanted to do because it's really iconic, the like ballet bar and the girls draping themselves over. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be, it was going to run lengthwise along the rostra, so from front to back rather than across the stage at the front um, when it was going to be in the round so everyone would see. Um, but then it sort of ended up being sort of more traditional and um, I think also they hadn't figured out how to get the bar on and off, like we can't just lift it through the floor. Mm. And then that we ended up having chairs. Um, and It worked really well with the I chairs. I like yeah. chairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like the cabaret chairs. <laughs> you, know, the, the, you can you can envision the like wooden ones. Um, yeah. And we so we had the roster that had a few different levels. Like There were steps down from the stage and then a couple of levels. There was like a little T shape. And then we had two revolves. So stage left and stage right towards the back because there was floor in front of them that we could use. And the revolves were like individual sets. So on one side we had the Fandango Girl like dressing room um, and behind that was Vittorio Vidal's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side... I think the other side is only the elevator, isn't it? Um, yes. And then it turns oh, at the back the... is the restaurant where they meet and don't look at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never actually got to see that. There was a it's point late in the process before we bumped in where things started really coming together and I was like, I'm going to watch this show. I'm gonna miss all this. I'm gonna miss what it looked like from the front. I want to watch it. Mm -hmm. It was really intriguing. (laughs) It was a good show. Yeah. How do you guys like it? Did you like it? I liked it. (laughs) I had a lot of fun right until the end, and then I got sad. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's like you got to the end. You go, oh, I was not sure what I was expecting, but I felt like something was gonna go wrong, and it did. And Mm, yeah, yeah. No, Helen writes the book. But I I actually saw the show twice. Yes. So, <laughs> so Caitlin got my comp ticket on opening night because yep, everyone in the cast gets a free one and I was like, Caitlin lives five minutes away. I was like, <laughs> you want to come to opening night? Um, and she Plus did. I'm perfectly happy taking myself solo to these things. Oh, um, and it was funny because you were sitting in the seating bank on the yep. aisle. First row on the aisle up dead centre looking straight in Aaron's eyes. <laughs> yes, because we did. So we when we did the Rich Man's Frug number, which is the club that Vittorio Vidal is in and he brings charity in and it's this like pretentious, bougie, rich people mm. club and they do the yeah. Rich Man's Frug, which is this absolutely unhinged fossy dance number. It's really iconic. Um, and so we're doing that and we're very serious. We're wearing like these white dresses and we've got black yeah. gloves and bowler hats yeah. and we come running out and, and it's very, I'm very haughty. I got haughtier and haughtier as the like, yeah, run you did. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so haughty. And um, there's lots of like waterfall arms and stuff. So we're doing all these ridiculous things and there's a bit where we're kind of dancing around and we're moving slowly in a circle on, on, that, on our, like pivoting around on ourselves and then we like stop and there's like a boom in the music and so we go boom and we like turn our head to the audience like sharply and I turn my head and there's Caitlin grinning like an idiot. I was, <laughs> I was trying like, so oh, hard not to be distracting but it and was I great. I could see, I could see that you were true. You're like, hmm. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> And you were like in my eyeline for the rest of that number. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I saw you progressively get more and more like looking higher, looking higher, looking yeah, higher, looking like, higher. Caitlin, it's coming again. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did really well holding it you together. Did, you did really, really well, but I didn't move at all for that yeah, entire scene. Like, like mm. every time you came back out, I was in the exact same position, having not moved any muscle because I was like, if I move even slightly, she's going to crack. <laughs> it was only for Frug though. Cause yeah. I think I hadn't clocked where you were. Yeah, yeah. I figured that you hadn't noticed where I was exactly and I could tell you were going to see me in the fruit because there was no way that the light reflecting off your white clothes did not, like, show my face because I glow yeah. in the dark. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, Victoria sat at our table. <laughs> that is why I asked. So Caitlin had already seen the show and I knew that. So she knew and she remembers stuff because you're a theatre person so you remember how things work. And then um, I think on the day you were coming 
like everyone was coming, um, Helen was messaging because because you could have food and stuff, and they were like, "What's the situation with the food on the tables?" Mm. Yeah, like, and, I, and I asked what table number you were sitting at, and when you said table five, I was like, "Ooh, that's Vittorio Vidal." And immediately table. I get messages. Yes. Yeah, and so I'm like, I got "Okay, one Caitlin. message from Mum saying like, what are we going to have for dinner?'" And I was like, "I've already sorted for dinner, but I'm happy to have like little snacks at the table." Yeah, and, and I was like, "Whatever snacks there are, you need to leave room for the telephone because there's a ex- prop telephone." Yeah, so I was ready. I was like, I I know that we got to like at least have that half table because there's going to be a telephone, there's going to be menus, there's going to be glasses. Um, yeah. They're going to come in, so I got to make sure that they don't shift the chairs around, which makes sense because you don't we want to be able to see the action that's going on. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I got this. And I was like, I know that mum's coming. I know that Helen's coming. We're so put we put mum next to Vittorio. So and we want to put Helen as far away as possible so <laughs> that there's no like interaction. <laughs> yes. and, and we we were plotting all of this and I was like, I, I'm pretty sure there's like more than four chairs, but I don't know who the fourth person mm. was going to be until I got there. And you'd already sat at the table. <laughs> so I made mum move over because I was like, i got to get her as close to Vittorio as I can without mm-hmm. giving there it away. There was a spare chair because there was five at the yeah. table but only four yeah. of you Someone's came. friend got that seat. Yeah. The housemate. So, so, I was, so I'm talking to the guy playing Vittorio and I'm like, my mum is here and she's sitting mm. on your table. And he's like, yes, because he yeah. was like slowly like hitting on everyone's mum. Yeah, <laughs> or like grandma in the cast because most of the cast had their like family come and sit at the table. So I was like, it's yeah. my family. Mum's there. That's my mum. And he's like, awesome. See, I'd message you. I, I had it all locked in. I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I saw dad at the door because he had my ticket and I was like, okay, dad's here. I'll make sure dad's on the other side so we can get some flirt from like, it's not Nikki, it's the other one. Helene. Helene. It was Nikki. You had Nikki. No, it was Oh, we had Nikki. Okay, the sorry. Ones, yeah. Nikki? So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we had yeah. I knew that Nikki was gonna to come to the table at one point and I knew that Vittorio and Charity sat at the table. So I was like, this is fantastic. I've got dad on one side, he's gonna get the flirt on with Nikki and Mum's gonna just be accosted by Vittorio in yeah. the <laughs> most gentle way ever. And then um we have that the spare chair and I was like, I literally cannot move everyone around. Like I can't get mum to sit on the very outside chair, it's not gonna work. The sweetest boy ever comes down. So we've got these snacks. We're playing with the the jubies. Um, Helen's got Coke bottles. It's great. And this sweet boy comes in. He's like, oh, my housemate's in the show. I can yeah. I can move. And it's like, no, no, you sit here. This is going to be great. And I was like, this is the greatest yeah. thing ever because now I have a stranger I get to giggle at. Yeah. Um, and he, mum gets he to sat there with a smile on his face through the whole show. So I was yeah, like, he's he, adorable. He, he's yeah. so cute. And then yeah. so I was like, this is going to be fine. And then um, he's shuffling about and a bit. I'm like, you might want to like squidge over a little bit closer to my mum because like you're not going to be able to see really well. <laughs> you are like yeah. just subtly hinting at him. And like we get him as comfortable as possible. And dad's, he's getting Nikki like flirting at him and he's just yeah. like, yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like he knows how to do it. Because he, he got, there was like three or four interactions where like every time there was like a comment about men, she would specifically look yeah. at dad. Yeah, because <laughs> she knew it was and my like, dad. <laughs> as the show is going on, he's just like getting a little bit more and more like old man chuffed. It was like, it's yeah. very obvious. It was very cute. Yeah. Um, but this, this sweet boy, he's there to watch his housemate and he's just, he's loving the show. He's so and happy. his housemate was the waiter. Yes. Who shows and, Vittorio Vidal and yeah. um, And he brings Charity his chairs in. out and he walks over and like I'm like, I've I've locked this in. We have space. This is gonna be great. And he goes, move over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was amazing because then Vittorio gets to be like, oh no, I'm magnanimous, don't worry about it, it's fine. And then like yeah. pervs around the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like, <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um and one thing we haven't mentioned is the, well, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but the rhythm of life, mm. um, which is that was the showstopper. Like I think everyone really loved <laughs> Vittoria Vidal and the opera and that whole dramatic yeah. thing. Um, but that number was like the show-stopping number that we always got the biggest reaction from the audience, I suppose, because it's a number so and the reaction happens all the way at the end, whereas Vittorio Vidal is like a number of scenes that happen consecutively that like it's kind of all spread out. Yeah. And like Rhythm of Life is actually quite a, it's not a long scene at all. Like no. it's, um, you're all coming in, 
you sit down, daddy comes in and starts preaching his song, like basically daddy started starts out his song. in San Francisco to Nordstrom, but loud and mean. You would you would have been overwhelmed because there's so much going on. Like you're yeah. all obviously like in your little clique, you're in your little hug pile. Yeah. And pile. he's yeah, he's doing his little preaching and there's like the two Offsiders. Offsiders. Assistance. Like, just, but like in like the Catholic Church, you have like the priest and then you have like the priest boys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what yeah. they remind me of. And they were like, Yeah, Daddy, yeah, like do it. Like this is great. <laughs> and they're interacting with each other, but also with you guys, and you guys are like doing your own thing as well. And then like you yeah. get up and start dancing, and it's like, yeah. oh, there's so much going on, I can't even look at it all. Yeah. So we're <laughs> just like high as anything, kind of like doing our own thing, all in different parts. So we're singing like that was the most complicated song vocally to learn because there was like, it wasn't like sopranos do this, altos do this tenors do this, bass does this, it was like, okay, there are two girls here and now there's plus this many boys and then there's group one and group A and, like, yeah. the different groups. And then so you're and you in – mul- yeah. It was really complicated to be like, at one point I sang almost nothing and then we're, like, going through and the music director's looking at me just sitting there. She's like, mm, okay, you need to sing this part also. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can do that. And then it's like – and it, it was kind of like pick a line – you're in this group A and it's got this many lines. Um, if you're a soprano type, you go to the top, like you yeah. pick your one. So it was really complicated. So we're all just like floating around and then we do the flip your wings and fly to daddy, flip your wings and fly to daddy. And then there's take a dive and swim to daddy. And then there's mm. hit the floor and crawl to daddy. And we all, we all, do, the, we all do that choreography. Like as and soon that as was you always guys when hit we, the floor, it's, as, everyone's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, as soon as we started Flip Your Wings because we would go from like floaty 60s yeah. hippie high as fuck to like everyone doing this like flipping their hands like wings and everyone like everyone always cracked up at that point because there's a there's a gap so there's there's uh there's a group of people that do high really really well so when they were like flipping their wings they're like oh my god my hands yeah (laughs) and then you've got the ones that like kind of understand what being high should look like and they're like oh this is fun this is just fun and then you have the people who have no idea (laughs) just like (laughs) their their, their body is so awkward in like and it's like if you ever hung out with someone who's like drunk for the very first time and they're like I'm completely cool and sober like you can't tell me what to do that's what they look like yeah (laughs) it was just just so funny seeing all of the different kinds and then like yeah the swimming like the awkward person changed (laughs) yeah because we all did different kinds of swimming as well yeah swim somehow yeah, um, and when we when we the and then first, hit the floor, you all just go. Hit the floor. <laughs> and once we do that, the guy playing daddy was like, "Crawl to me!" Like yeah. he full on goes nuts. Like the first yeah. time we did it, we're just like we were like cracked up. It was like it insane. was beautiful. He's like going epic. And then we do this bit. We go a bit high again, where we're like, "Do we da da do we da da?" Like all these like doey things. Yeah. And then we have this like regimented like clap dancing, and the director said. This is what you think you're doing in your head, like this like cult that we're like all in time, all in sync and look really good. But like what yeah. you're actually doing is like what's happening at the beginning where everyone's like, like all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that clap thing was difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it was just, it just, it was one of those scenes that like it's so nonsense, but you buy into it because <laughs> daddy is like that charismatic charismatic and then and he was committed he was this uh, daddy is also the bouncer like he played two roles yeah Um, yeah he was he was really great like committed to everything that he does in the show like one of those great actors and then he's he's committed he's in it he's explaining the tenants (laughs) yeah (laughs) which was just great (laughs) and then um the siren goes which was Really funny because there is a cop shot behind, so like every now and then yeah. you could hear a was siren night, going on in the background. Was it the, night the night we that were there, you were yeah. there like thirty seconds before our cop sound effect happened. Yeah. There was like an actual siren going. Like, oh man, that would it actually such good worked timing. in the background because you wouldn't have heard all of the sirens as well because there was mm. they were just constant sirens because like you're meant to be in New York City, so like there would be sirens in the background yeah. of everyday life anyway, and. 
it made sense that there was like a quiet siren in the background and then there was like a loud siren because now they're like nearby you guys. Yeah. It worked out really well, but it was really funny because like as soon as daddy was like, oh my God, a siren and he's like dead center, he goes, ditch it and go. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, You all just leave. (laughs) And we're all like, (laughs) yeah. And then there's like that one, the one who's like still a bit like floaty and um, yeah, gets picked up and gets picked up and carried out. Yeah. <laughs> and then the she she fought for that because that was Nikki. Yeah, and she had a quick change. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like one of the last off. <laughs> and she's like, no, we have to do it. It's such a good bit. It, it was a great bit. It was yeah. just it was the perfect way to get the most people off the stage the fastest while still mm. giving you a like breath before yeah. the next scene. And um, there is a little scene with Charity and Oscar before um, Nikki and Helene yeah, do the, their scene. The first yeah. hand kiss. Yeah, the oh, yes. first gross hand kiss. Ugh. Oh, like he, it looks, he made it look so sloppy and I'm pretty sure he never actually touched her hand. Like, like it yeah. didn't get to his mouth, but it looked wet. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. We had an intimacy coordinator to do basically all like charity and oscar interactions and uh-huh. also ursula and vittorio um but ursula and vittorio were way more racy than yeah mm-hmm. um oscar and charity which i think it worked like once i started realizing it because i didn't see a lot of those scenes because they're mm-hmm. like in betweeny scenes where i'm like going off stage or coming on like so i'm not in a position to like watch them but from what i did see it was like ah, oh, they actually don't they don't um, kiss or like make contact at all. Like there wasn't, which I, but it was oh, really cleverly so done in a like way, very chaste way. Yeah, the way that Oscar and Charity interact and the way that Vittorio and Ursula interact were very very different. So yeah. you could tell that the person who was acting Vittorio was very respectful of the person who was acting Ursula, mm. but. At the same time, the the characters themselves, like Usa was like, oh, I've come over in my trench coat and nothing but my undies. Look at me, I'm so sexy. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, damn. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Okay. She like but takes off her, and we could hear it every time. She opens like, her. whole scene. She unbuttons the front. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be like lingerie. And it's like, it's less than I expected as well. I was like, yeah. wow, yeah. like good on her. And then yeah. he doesn't touch her at all. He takes the lapels of her jacket and just moves them slightly off her shoulder. So like, it's incredibly intimate. It's incredibly mm. respectful. It's incredibly um, like these Sexy. two people actually like, trust each other. Vestential, yes. Yeah. But like Charity and Oscar, Oscar like takes her hand in a really sort of like possessive, like this is the thing that I'm grabbing now and mm. then like oozes on it and gives it back. And she, the actress that plays Charity is like so freaking adorable because she's like, oh, I'm, yeah, this is like a white knight thing. It's I'm, like, gentlemen this recent, but Also yeah. it's like really gross but like, oh, he's being such a gentleman but oh, mm. it's so gross. Why do they do this? It's our gentleman. I'm like, and you can yeah. see and all of that happening. she's never seen before mm. because the men that she normally interact with are like, are like slimy, kind of, gross yeah. dudes. Yeah. They that's just like grab her and they grope. Mm. Yeah, but like. Oscar is slimy and gross. Yeah, as but well. in a different like, way. It's in a different totally way. So, different. like, she yeah. wouldn't have even have like recognized how gross it was because she's comparing it to other gross things. Like, that, you know that friend mm, who, who goes like, "Oh, I've met a new person," and they're like this, and you're like, "All of that is red flags. All of it is yeah. all red flags." And they're like, "Yeah, but it's better than this last person." And it's like that doesn't make it a green flag. It just but, yeah, they're just different red flags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the same flag. You just put it in the wash. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like. We haven't talked about the most important character yet, Erin. The the show papa? Yes, Hudson, yeah. the show papa. Yeah, we had a show papa. His yeah. name was Hudson and he was a little black oodle. Fluffy boy. <laughs> Fluffy boy. <laughs> Something baby. that ends in oodle. Yeah. Um, and he his was the sweetest thing. So he belonged to one of the cast members. And there is, well, there's a lady walking her dog as yeah. one of the characters in the opening scene. Yeah. Um, and I think it was kind of like they're going to have a toy dog, it'll be fine, yeah. or like an invisible dog or something. Like it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't know how it came about, 
but one day at rehearsal was a, was a dog and I was like, I think I messaged you, Kate, and I was like, there's yeah. a puppy at rehearsal and now I'm the happiest ever. And his, yeah. his name is Hudson and he loves everyone. He was very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, he is very, very sweet. Um, and then it became apparent that he's the dog who's being walked in the in the, in the show. Yeah, um, in like so the first he, scene of the show, yeah. Yeah, he like come, he gets carried on and he gets carried off and that's it yeah. and then he comes on for bows. Um, but his his mum was um, the actress playing Nikki yeah. who mm-hmm. is on and off stage, has a lot to do. So it's on mm-hmm. and off stage quite a lot. And um, one of the early rehearsals, I think it was Cry at Weddings because when the scene before we sing Love to Cry at Weddings, everyone's mm-hmm. saying goodbye to charity basically and Nikki is like inconsolable. She's so upset. She's like wailing and gnashing teeth and crying. Away. Yeah, she's so upset. And so she's like acting and like poor Hudson on the other side of the room is like, Mother! Like we're so concerned. And we're like, oh, the poor baby. He's like, like, I need to go comfort my mama. And I got to meet him. Yeah, you got to meet and him. And I got to pet him and he's like, I'm very tired, but it's lovely to meet you sort of yeah. vibes. I'm but in the, the show that we saw with like Helen he came like he was being carried out and he's like I'm very tired can we please go yeah <laughs> big <laughs> sad face it's my nap time yeah. it's my bad as time he, <laughs> as he progressed as we progressed with the run like he would come and even like all the last rehearsals leading up he'd come and he's like oh hey friends I'm here my mm. friends are here um and then he'd get tired very quickly and then yeah. he'd start arriving and he's like I love you my friends but why are we here again <laughs> like, is this we did this now. Yeah, and then, like, he just got progressively more tired, and and that Friday, which was the second weekend of the run, it was our last shows were Saturday. Um, he got sent home early. I think someone yeah. came to pick him up, which um, is fair enough. Like it's yeah, just, he looked too tired, tired. <laughs> and he had two shows to do. But every time we did two, we did two and a half matinees. We did like two matinees and then a five p.m. show. Um, and the matinees especially, he came in bright-eyed and bushy-tailed mm. and was Day like, hello, boys. friends, like so much more excited. And by mm. the end of the show, he's like not as exhausted mm. and then had to do it again and was like, what? <laughs> but, <laughs> but we did needs. the thing. He's obviously more of a daytime dog. Yeah. Yeah. He was tired by the time he was getting there at 6 o'clock when we did the evening shows. He was very sweet and I mean, everyone loved him and just the endorphins of having a dog yeah. <laughs> there, especially yeah. when uh, tempers get a bit frayed and everyone's really tired and stressed out, especially that week leading up to opening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so, so valuable to have a dog. You can't be cranky around a dog because what if you hurt no. their feelings? They don't understand what's was, going on. <laughs> therapy dog. So I know that, Caitlin, I know you enjoyed the show twice and thought it was pretty neat. And I also know that um, mum dubbed you in, Helen, that Helen got through Act 1 pretty good and then was too tired in Act 2 and started looking at her phone. Yeah. Yeah, I needed something to do with my hands and it was like, I don't have anything to fiddle with except my phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But did you have a good time anyway? Yes. It was just the, oh, my gosh, I've been sitting for two hours and wishing this. (laughs) There was also at the point the yelling started. So, like, when... When um, the uh, the character Oscar was introduced and started like yelling and screaming and climbing over things was when you started going like, oh, this is too much stimulation. I need to do something <laughs> with my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we were also was... like giving you a lot of sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had too much sugar, I think, as well, because I had that urge to like get up and just walk around. And it's very yeah, late yeah. at night as well for you. Yeah. Oh, no, you're yeah. a late person. I was yeah, late it's just I'm not usually out late. <laughs> yeah, out uh, socialising late. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it was three hours yeah. usually like from start to finish with tw- 20-minute intermission. Felt like yes. five minutes. Yes, it was 20 minutes. felt like, oh, wow, a lot has happened and, oh, that's taken a long time for intermission to come up. And yeah. then we afterwards had, yeah, the show ended really quickly after that. Yeah, it is real quick because the first act is an hour and a half and the second mm. act is like an hour, which mm. is – Typical Normal. for especially yeah. a Golden Age musical. Um, but the second act always went really quickly. Yeah. Did you see the Auslan? Yes. I, I straight away, as soon as she goes, I'm the, I was like, oh, Auslan. <laughs> yeah. So she signs, I'm the bravest individual I have I ever met. met. Oh, that's yeah. what that was. Yeah. I was like, this obviously means something the way she's doing this very particularly. Yeah. So yeah. I I knew I'm the an individual. And met. <laughs> yeah, met is you get your pointer fingers yeah, and bring and them you together. Put them together. Yeah, and there were, it took them ages 
I think individual is the your pointer fingers up and you yep. bring your whole arm down. But they kept sticking it up, <laughs> like going upwards, and we're like, you can't do that. No, it's it's <laughs> down. It's really bad. You have to go down, otherwise it's like yeah. up yours. Yeah, mm. it means something completely different. We also we we made a few changes to the script. Only a couple in the opening scene. A Spaniard comes and says, I'll save you, and, like, dives into the pond, Yeah, which we kept that, and it was, like, this over-to-the-top dramatic thing. And then there is a line from one of the other passers-by that is, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want one of them to help me or something like that. And we're just, like, cutting that, yep. cutting the racist line, <laughs> um, <laughs> which we'd forgotten about because that was, like, bam, straight away, <laughs> that, that line's not happening. Mm. And when we did our sits probe, that whole scene is underscored and there's a lot of, like, cues for lines. So the conductor has to, like, conduct and he's conducting and starting and stopping based on lines and that line just didn't happen and he's like I'm waiting for this line and we're like we cut that and he's like yes fair enough cut the racist line okie dokie that might have been the only one there was another one that was like don't you dirty old man and they just said like don't or don't you man or something like they adjusted it yeah um, so it didn't sound so bad but the other not really changes to the script we made but the the um, subtext was that we we totally made Nikki and Helene gay. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Helene <laughs> was like really. Yeah, I wasn't paying to any rumors because the whole thing was like her thing with women, uh, men. So it was just like, mm. oh yeah, that's going to be a theme the whole way. And didn't pay any attention other than that. <laughs> they were yeah. they were kind of her moms in a way. So that's yeah, they're the lesbian mums. Um, it was it was really cute because when they were singing the um, dream a dream, dream a dream, Baby, it was dream um, a dream. Yeah, so Helene had like been like, yeah, we're gonna like buy it and and like have like the little house and such. And mm. Nikki was like, yeah, honey, I'll buy it for you. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. And then in Cry at Weddings, Nikki mm. says, I could marry Herman. And then Helene says, and be permanently sorry. Yeah, and then Nikki and her, and um, Herman sing. We would make a really lousy pair. But then Nikki sings that gee, she wants a wedding, any kind of wedding. And you see, like Helene go, oh, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> that was all like all this like subtext that we built in, which which yeah, is what you really... do with shows is you just you yeah you cast has your own little internal jokes, but you also have like the ones that you show the audience. So the yeah, subtext things. And I feel like our interpretation. Of the show, and it was a show that um, it was kind of easy to do with. There are some shows, like even like Oklahoma, where you're like, oh, "How do we make this not so racist or like mm-hmm. overtly racist, mm. so that everyone knows it's bad?" Like, like how do we like this casual thing that is racist but wasn't considered racist at the time? Mm. Um, but this show was quite easy to like have this subtext in and I don't know if it's just the production team and the youth of like because quite the cast was quite young like they were mostly in their like early 20s and we had like some teenagers like Mm. 18 19 um and that are they gen z's is that what they are after millennials (laughs) or after that like that that generation we're just like this is how we do it this is how we do it this is how we Mm. think of the world and that yep. just, like, came through. It was like, of course it is. Like, I think it's a little hard. Like, millennials kind of straddle that, like, we can go with the status quo. But like we then we're kind of aware it, kind that of, that's, but... yeah, we grew up yeah. with it and so we know it. But then <laughs> we're kind of aware that it's not good. But then we have, like, I know I do especially. I'm kind of like, I feel like this is not appropriate now, but I don't really know. Yeah, so we grew <laughs> up with a lot of unconscious biases where we were taught yeah. that this was just yeah. acceptable and we've had to challenge the status, whereas the Gen Zs are sort of the oldest of the millennials' kids um, and so they are exposed to parents that are like, this is not great. Like I've, I've done a lot of work to like undo a lot of the unconscious biases. So they don't, they don't even start with the base of yeah. this is normal. So they're able to see it faster. Yeah. Um, go like, this is not okay. But also they've got all of the coping mechanisms that the yes. parents have hopefully worked through and been like, hang on a second, this is how we call it out. Like the... Uh, the silent stare becomes a, uh, I'm sorry, I don't understand the joke. Can you explain it to me? 
and now mm. the racist or sexist person is like, oh, it's 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 just a and then like mutter away instead of being like the center of the crowd. Oh, they're so funny, sort of thing. Yeah, um, which is awesome, um, and like I support it. And there's a lot of things that like some Gen Z people that I know they'll say it, and I'll like look at them and I'll be like, that's really like awesome like that's great that that's your first thought and they're like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah it just is we had a lot of um we had a mixed bag of pronouns and things like we were all we we're very white we're, we were a white cast mm-hmm. um the guy who played Vittorio was Italian though <laughs> yes <laughs> I feel yes. like he was allowed white to like, Italian. do that Italian caricature yeah. um the rest of us were white but there's um a mix of like gender identities and mm. sexualities and um um neurodivergent people as well like and it took me a little while I was like we're very white why are we so white and then I was like no we are really actually quite diverse we're just all white like diverse we're not in diverse in a, yeah yeah we're and diverse just, in different ways mm. so I am really happy that I did this show it was a real it came together the cast were great. The cast were very non-toxic as well, um, which hasn't always been in my experience in community theatre. There's always uh, factions and cliques and things as you know people get together. And because we're so emotionally charged and we get really exhausted, like it is quite a lot of work putting on a show, mm-hmm. um, you get um, those rifts between people. But this cast was very um, emotionally, what's it called? Emotionally. emotionally intelligent. Yeah, this cast is very emotionally intelligent and they and very non-toxic and very welcoming and so uh, I think everyone had a really good time. Um hmm. and I probably I have remembered how much of a commitment 3 months of rehearsals plus like another 3 weeks of intense like full time. I'm basically. pleased for you. I'm going to remind you about this next time you go. I think I'm yes. For so it might be another ten years notice? before I. I'm looking at the I... messages where you like talk about, it and I'm like, my first thought was, "Yeah, that's exciting. This is how yeah. we're going to give you more time back." <laughs> yeah. So I basically spent all my winter with no evenings at home, and that was quite a big struggle. It was you a very, don't do it was well a big drain on my um on my mental health a little bit, um having a stopping point was essential. So it was like, we just have this many months. I just have to focus on this. I can see the end and it's fine. And now I'm like so glad to have my free time back and I'm not going to do any theatre again until I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was all about Sweet Charity and the Rolly Stone Theatre. Let us know if you do community theatre in your local community theatre place <laughs> you've got what, yeah what community do you are you part of because that would be interesting. yeah because they're all over the world there's all sorts of amateur yeah. clubs um, and maybe you've had an experience um, seeing a community theater production or being in a community theater production that is um, enriching doesn't always have to be big and professional and broadway to be valid art you gotta just do the art yes. it doesn't have to be perfect and you'll get better <laughs> at it uh, so you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at isn'tneatpod. You can email us on isn'tneatpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a review because that really helps us out. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat.